Hello everybody and welcome back to the Local Fit Show. Uh, my name is Azura and our guest today is Stephanie Dixon. She is founder of The Wedge Asia and Green is the New Black, one of Singapore's leading conscious community. Not only that, she's also a two-times TEDx speaker. Join us as she shares with us a snippet of her journey and how everyone, yes, everyone can be a part of a community to bring people together, to connect, find inspiration, gain knowledge and be able to take action to create a better life, a better self. On this episode, uh, we talk about is being green a new trend? or the next sexy thing, learning your value, uh, which means like a partnership for free, uh, is it worth it? What is conscious living to her? You know, are you on an autopilot mode just going through the motions? Before we get to it, if you want to support us, there are a few ways you can do so. Share an episode with your friends. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Right now, we are also on Spotify and iTunes. You can subscribe to those. And last but not least, let me take this chance to thank those who's been tuning in and listening to our previous episode. We truly appreciate you. Truly. Thank you. So, without further ado, remember, be bold and stay inspired. Here is Stephanie Dixon. My name is Stephanie Dixon and I'm the founder of Green is New Black. Okay. Um, most people normally start by asking about my accent. <laughs> they find it very difficult to place where I'm from. Okay. Um, but I'm Australian born and mm-hmm. I'm uh, Scottish parents. Okay. Uh, but I grew up in Asia, so I'm a third culture kid. Okay. Um, so I've had, I think, over 23 residential addresses wow. and I am 30 this year. So I've okay. moved around a lot. Yeah, you <laughs> <laughs> uh, And yeah, so Green is New Black is uh, basically a lifestyle media platform mm-hmm. where we connect conscious consumers who want to be more conscious mm-hmm. uh, with brands who are being more responsible. And we do that through a series of events, including our Conscious Festivals, okay. which we now have host in Singapore and Hong Kong. Okay. And nice. uh, yeah, our last event in Hong Kong had around four and a half thousand people, wow. which was amazing. Well, that is amazing. Uh, our biggest event so far. And we have our next festival coming up in Singapore. Okay. And uh, we do a lot of guides and content. And really, our whole mission is to make sustainability mainstream and make mm-hmm. it sexy. Okay. Um, and empower people who want to do better and do that by taking little green steps every day. Okay. So before green is the new black, what what do you do before? I mean, there must be something that kind of like inspire you to take this on. Mm. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I actually used to work in fashion. Okay. So uh, as a little girl, I always wanted to be a fashion designer. But mm-hmm. then when I tried to try sewing, I was so impatient and like not creative <laughs> okay. at the time. Okay. And I was like, this is never going to work. Okay. I don't know the patience for this. Uh, so in the end, no, I didn't do that. But then I discovered that I really loved doing events um, at quite a young age as well. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of a sports captain. Okay. Not because I was sporty, but because I loved planning all the events and the carnivals and stuff that you okay. got to do as a sports captain. Okay. Um, and then at uni, yeah, I also loved doing events. And then I basically decided I wanted to try and work in fashion events. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I came back to Singapore, um, my family doctor, basically, I told her that's what I wanted to do. And she uh, connected me to her best friend, who was the founder of Men's Fashion Week. Okay. It was like that's my ideal job. Yeah, it was like my dream job. Yeah. Um, so I worked in fashion for around four years, planning fashion festivals around Asia, um, including you know Bangkok, Vietnam, Singapore. Okay. But then after four years, 
I started to be on autopilot. I mean, mm -hmm. working in fashion and in events, it was kind of like Devil Wears Prada. It was mm -hmm. very crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and so, yeah, I kind of just got disillusioned with it all. And then I started opening my eyes more and I realized that actually fashion is a really polluting industry, one mm -hmm. of the top three in the world. Mm -hmm. um, it's also a very socially corrupt industry. And I felt really blindsided, actually. I felt okay. like I had, had no idea and I'd been working in this industry and mm -hmm. all of a sudden I was seeing things that I didn't even know existed okay. or that were behind that glossy curtain that, you know, yep. that, uh, that veil that fashion kind of eludes. So yeah, it kind of led me down a very deep rabbit hole mm -hmm. um, and I couldn't continue doing what I was doing knowing okay. what I discovered. Okay. So I quit. Um, and decided, I just kind of one day was like, I want to create a space, a welcoming space for people who are new to sustainability like I am. Okay. Because at the time, I kind of felt like a lot of the events were very businessy or preachy or, um, you know, kind of uh, too business focused as well. Mm -hmm. um, and so I really wanted to create a space for people like me that were like, hey, I'm new to sustainability. I don't really know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. um, what should I do? Who should I support? How can I connect with like-minded people? Yeah. And that's really how my journey started. Okay, so okay, I'm gonna go back a bit because you mentioned that you were in the fashion industry, yeah. right? So through that four years of experience, in that sense, you've it kind of opened your eyes where fashion is, like you mentioned, one of the um, how do most I say this? Polluting. Most yeah. polluting industry and stuff like that. So, is there? I mean, is there? a way that we can how to say explore that in that sense to to kind of like open our eyes because i mean if you didn't go into that right, you wouldn't know that the fashion industry is kind of like you know the most polluting mm. right so is that the kind of like a wake up call in 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 a sense or just that it's really innate in you that you kind of like felt this uh, you felt kind of bad that you know the things that you're you're kind of like uh, behind the scenes or is polluting the earth and stuff like that so how do you feel about yeah, so it wasn't because I worked in the industry that I saw it actually, because mm -hmm. I was on the more of the event side, but it was because okay. I started discovering documentaries and reading stuff online. Okay. And that kind of led me to the rabbit hole and okay. the spiral down. Um, but I watched The True Cost, and okay. that was like a really big like milestone when mm -hmm. I decided, okay, I can't keep doing this, because mm -hmm. that is a great documentary that mm -hmm. really pulls back that curtain that mm -hmm. I was talking about. Okay. Um, and so from that and then doing other research and kind of getting lost in, mm -hmm. in that research side yeah. was when I really discovered actually what was going on because working in the industry I was also even oblivious to it because yeah. I wasn't in the supply chain, mm -hmm. I wasn't going to factories, I wasn't a designer, yeah. um, I was actually you know just planning fashion festivals. Okay. Um, so that's kind of where that, that trajectory led me okay. um, and yeah it was because of that that I realized okay no I, I can't do this anymore but I think a lot of it also stems from so my mom is kind of like a holistic energy practitioner okay. um, and like a coach and she's done all these crazy trainings and she's like an amazing woman okay. um, also a lifelong vegetarian so okay. I think on the subliminal side I think my mom had a lot of influence with okay. me you know wanting to get into sustainability mm -hmm. and wanting to get more into the work that I'm doing mm -hmm. um, and it was just yeah there was a few trigger points and and then that led me to, to do what I'm doing so yeah okay that's interesting you mentioned conscious living right so what is conscious living I mean to the people out there because conscious can be a lot of things yeah. right so what is your conscious what is the definition of conscious living yeah, so I define conscious living as really the understanding that our decisions not only impact us, mm -hmm. but they impact our surroundings mm -hmm. and the environment as well. So breaking it down even further really easily, for me, it's like living wide awake. Mm -hmm. So actually understanding, you know, when we do something, there's a butterfly effect, yeah. there's a ripple effect mm -hmm. and being aware and conscious and awake 
to what that impact is mm -hmm. and that's really what yeah my definition is that just okay. that deeper understanding and, and living more awake okay but i mean like okay so coming back in singapore right living more awake i mean living in a city you know uh, we're not we're always in a rush right mm. we're always trying to get to point a point b we need to get things done blah blah, blah. so how how can we you know like uh, have a conscious uh, be, how can we be a conscious being in that sense like so is it for us to be self-aware of the surrounding or the other things that we we adapt to or how yeah. what do you how do you yeah. such a big question <laughs> and it, <laughs> i'm still figuring a lot of it mm, out but okay. i think for me it's it's um it's kind of taking those moments to think mm -hmm. about what our actions what the effect is going to be the the mm -hmm. the, the continual effect is mm -hmm. going to happen so for example when we buy you know certain food mm -hmm. how does it make us feel mm -hmm. what's the impact on the planet that that's having what's the impact on the people along the supply chain you know mm -hmm. it's just having a little bit of understanding of questioning i think mm -hmm. is a big thing of like understanding the provenance of the products mm -hmm. that we're purchasing where are they coming from mm -hmm. who is affected along the way but also thinking about the afterlife of products as well. Okay. So this is coming more from the work that we're doing, obviously, is thinking about that mm -hmm. life cycle. Okay. Um, but as individuals, I think it's also, you know, yes, being more present, mm -hmm. being more aware, not being zombies, not going through life on autopilot the yeah. way I ended up being at the end of my fashion mm -hmm. career. I just felt like I was on that autopilot, on that rat race. Yeah. Um, and I still am sometimes, you know, it's very easy to fall back in those yeah. old habits and those yeah. old patterns, but it's about having the awareness to be able to pull yourself out of it and mm -hmm. be like, okay, no, I want to be more present. I want to actually appreciate what's happening in my life. I want to mm -hmm. understand what's going on around me. Mm -hmm. That's a deeper, more philosophical level. Yeah. But I think uh, when it comes to the, the conscious living in a sustainability context, it's also about, yeah, thinking about, okay, when I buy this product, what, what does that really mean? Mm -hmm. What's the true cost of okay. this product and my purchasing, but mm -hmm. also what's the true cost of me spending time mm -hmm. because we really do vote with our time and our wallets. Yes, so true. the videos we're watching, the stuff that we're consuming online, we have a choice in that. We have a choice in everything that we do. Yeah. So it's making better choices that mm -hmm. are better for yourself, mm -hmm. but also better for you know the, the, your environment, for the people that you're around um, as well, because you do have an effect mm -hmm. on your circle. You have a sphere of influence. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah, it's starting to look at all those different levels, but as you said, it is a really big word, um, and it really is. It's a whole another way to live. Yeah, yeah. The process, because it's not easy for everyone to mm. take a step back to really think about. I mean, not everybody will have that um, that um, that aha moment that what what's going on. You know what I mean, right? So, what is your process? What was your thought process? Is is it like like I mentioned before? Is it an individual, you know? Um, individual character of a person or is it the surrounding because a lot of conversations that I have sometimes people say it's just one person I won't make a difference right have you had a conversation with someone where you say it's just one I mean I, I, I won't make a difference yeah you know so it's all the time mm. but if everyone if one billion people made a change imagine the knock-on effect of that so mm. yeah I think the I'm just not one person thing I get it all the time mm -hmm. and uh, I say to that that actually every little bit counts yeah. And as a collective, mm -hmm. that's when we're going to actually see massive change happening. Mm -hmm. And all of our individual efforts, when they come together, mm -hmm. are going to make huge change. Okay. And so for us, with our work at Green is New Black, our big focus is little green steps. Mm -hmm. okay. So it's empowering people to realize that actually it's okay, you can take little steps, yeah. one at a time, mm -hmm. go at your own pace, but realize that you're continually moving forward and you're being more conscious, you're being more sustainable. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is, is a very important thing. 
thing because mm -hmm. I think people do get very overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. People also, you know, we were just talking about this before, they want to maintain their convenience, yeah, okay. they want to maintain their modern lifestyles, their yeah. easy lifestyles. So if it's not easy and convenient, it becomes a struggle yeah. and therefore it's easier for them to fall out of those yes, patterns. That's right. But what we have to do is continually to empower and say, no, take little steps. It is easy. You just go one step at a time and that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing is, you know, when we're looking at sustainability, I think it really needs to be cool. Mm -hmm. It needs to be fun. <laughs> it needs to be trendy yeah. because if something becomes trendy, then it becomes something mainstream that everyone wants to do mm -hmm. or starts doing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the really important piece that we have to focus <laughs> on here, which is what we try to do okay. with everything that we're doing mm -hmm. is make it sexy. Yeah. Right? Because okay. that's how we can get people to care more of the ones that don't care. Because mm -hmm. a lot of people are having awakenings on plastic. You know, there's mm -hmm. big things about plastic straws, yep. plastic getting into our oceans, into our yep. food, onto our plates, blah, yep. blah, blah, right? It's a massive thing. So there's a lot of people that are awakening because of that. And there is so many people, mm -hmm. more people joining the movement yep. on their own accord. Yep. But for those that aren't quite there yep. and they don't really care about the plastic issue or they have the, I'm just the one person, what can I do <laughs> yep. mentality. For those people, we have to make it cool and we have to make it more appealing and we mm -hmm. have to make it the trendy in thing because then they will do it because everyone else is doing it. <laughs> okay, okay. So I've got, I've got a question. I've got a question about that. So you see the thing about trend, right? So do they know the, how do I say this, uh, do they know why they're doing it? Because trends, you know, trends die off sometimes, right? Sure. So, it's, it, it's, so do you think that it's important, yes, go with the trend, but also really tell the story of it in a sense that why is it such and stuff? Because trend dies all the time and sometimes people just go into it without knowing what it actually is. Yeah. So yeah, what do you think about that? So I think either way, the more trendy it is, the more mass it is. Okay. And for me, that's a win anyway, because okay. then more people are doing it, whether they understand it or not. Okay. And I guess the hope would be that they would learn and understand more mm -hmm. as they're in it. Okay. You know, like, because a lot of the time we don't really know what we're doing until we're in it. And then mm -hmm. we learn as we go. Yes. So I true. think that would be a good catalyst regardless for okay. people to learn more. And sure, okay. some people won't get it. They'll mm -hmm. do it because it's cool. Mm -hmm. And then they'll drop off maybe, mm -hmm. maybe, but maybe not. Yeah. You know, I think sustainability is here to stay. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to continue to evolve and it's only going to get more and more prominent in everyone's mm -hmm. life. So I don't really see this as a trend that's going to drop off. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think it's, People will learn as they go. Um, okay. Conversations, right? How important are having conversations, like open conversations? Like you have, you host like events and stuff like that, right? Do, yeah, how important is that? Well, I think conversations are critical because when you have a conversation with someone, you're having a deeper interaction, mm -hmm. whether that's online or ideally in person as well mm -hmm. through events, right? That's yeah. what you said. So when you have a conversation, you're actually connecting with another human being mm -hmm. you're connecting on a deeper level hopefully you can make them feel something mm -hmm. and if they feel something and they feel something positive or mm -hmm. maybe they feel something you trigger some that fire and that passion in them um, they're going to remember that feeling and that's mm -hmm. going to drive them to take an action okay so i think conversations are a catalyst mm -hmm. for more action taking and more awareness mm -hmm. being raised which i think is a massive thing that we're still lacking in asia we have a real um, lack of awareness on a lot of these issues mm -hmm. and not enough education. So mm -hmm. the more conversations we can have, mm -hmm. the more we can continue that. Um, even just, you know, like with friends mm -hmm. um, and just starting to share more about your life or, you know, if you skip meat a day, a week mm -hmm. all of a sudden, and then you can share that by having a conversation with a friend as mm -hmm. to why you're doing that. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's for your health, but also you're reducing your impact on the planet. That can lead to a whole 
very interesting spiral of conversations. So I think conversations are the catalyst and uh, we need to be having more of them. Mm -hmm. So it's very encouraging to see that there's more and more organizations and events around these topics mm -hmm. to empower people and to create those safe spaces that okay. people can you know, engage in those, that kind of dialogue. Okay, so um, there's a lot of, I mean, people do say that Asians are more conservative. Mm. Do we like, I, I mean, do we ask questions? I mean, are we open to have conversations? That's the thing, as in, what, what do you think? I mean, true, green is the new black. I mean, Asians being a bit more conservative than, yeah. I think they're conservative, but I think everyone, like there's a lot of opinions as well still underneath okay. all that conservativeness. But do they like, do they voice it out or do they ask the questions mm. or are they curious about it in a sense? So I think that the millennials and the younger mm -hmm. generation Singaporeans are super vocal mm -hmm. and it's amazing. They raise their hands all the time. They're not scared. Um, I think they've been brought up in a different generation with different okay. access to information okay. and access to, you know, a global conversation almost. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, yeah, the younger generations are very open to that. And I also find that now um, as people, when they discover their passions, mm -hmm. whether it's sustainability, whether it's something else they're passionate yeah. about, they're very vocal. Mm -hmm. uh, and I see more and more um, grassroots organization and people galvanizing to support each other mm -hmm. and to share some of these messages. So. I think, yes, there is still quite a lot of, um, you know, conservative nature, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I also see a huge opening and a lot more dialogue being had. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, that's beautiful to see. I mean, yeah, because it is really true because sometimes like having real conversations is very important, like what we're doing in a sense, mm -hmm. because you wouldn't know what the, the story behind a lot of things. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, Right now you're an entrepreneur, right? You, uh, how long have you had? Um, okay, so before Green is the New Black, was there anything else? The, the Wedge? Asia? Yeah, so the Wedge <coughs> I started before Green is New Black and okay. that was kind of like an event series and basically my side hustle. Okay. Because um, okay. I started about three and a half years ago now. So okay. at the time I couldn't do what I wanted to do mm -hmm. full time because okay. there just wasn't space. I didn't have the skill set and the knowledge either. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, I had I started the wedge as a monthly series of events mm -hmm. to kind of have some of these dialogues I wanted to have and conversations and empowering events. Mm -hmm. uh, and from that grew Green is New Black. Okay. Um, and while we were building Green is New Black out, we did a lot of things on the side. Okay. So I did social media marketing, consulting. I did events for other people. I did some hosting stuff. And then eventually we got to the point where there was a tipping point and I could then say, great, now we are at a point where we can work full time on Green is New Black. Okay. So that was a very exciting point, but there was a lot of side hustle. Yeah, I also lectured. <laughs> I did like fashion and marketing lecturing at one point. Okay. It was very stressful, but okay. amazing. <laughs> okay, I can, I can imagine. Yeah. So, okay, so now you're an entrepreneur. How do you balance it? Is it because right now um, it's, it's, there's no, okay, well, I don't know whether there's a steady stream of income and stuff like that. So how do you, you know, for, for entrepreneurs out there who wants to know how, how do you get started? How do you even get up in the morning to do the things that you do when you have bad days and stuff like that? So how do you get through that? Well, I'm different. I'm, I mean, and there's a lot of us out there, but I'm like mm -hmm. an anti personality. So okay. when I am having a bad day, mm -hmm. then I can't stay in bed like I need to get up and start and okay. I'm stressed and whatever is happening and I still have days like that okay <laughs> um, but I think the passion and the not wanting to fail mm -hmm. I think it's a massive driver and also you know when you love what you do you will get out of bed in the morning mm -hmm. and you will continue to move forward and I think I was very lucky in the beginning of my journey that I kind of had two big sort of like aha moments okay. on the entrepreneur career side okay um, and both of them were quotes from a lady called Marie Forleo who I love. Okay. Um, and one of them was that clarity comes from engagement, not thought. 
Okay. So for me, that basically, because I was very in my head, I'm mm. one of these people that overthink and overanalyze everything. <laughs> um, and so that made me realize that actually I'm not going to get clarity from overthinking. Mm -hmm. But if I take, if I engage, right, which for me is action, if I continue to take action mm -hmm. forward, I'll get clearer. Okay. And I always try to come back to that because you get so lost in it. But mm -hmm. for me, the best piece of advice I can give is just wake up every day and just keep taking steps forward. And actually, even though you're stressed and whatever, if you keep moving, you do that one little task and you can do the next one and that keeps you going okay. <laughs> when you have those very overwhelming, stressful moments. It's okay. just keep yeah, taking little steps and moving forward. Okay. Um, and the other one that she says is that a made up word, but everything is figure outable. Okay. And I forget all the time, mm -hmm. but when I, rem when I can remember that actually, no, there is a solution to this. <laughs> and in the end, when stuff goes bad and you look back, the mm -hmm. lessons you learn from that mm -hmm. and you know the adversity that you've managed to come over and mm -hmm. the struggle you had to go through, actually it's all worth it. And mm -hmm. then you get to a point that you wouldn't have got to if those things hadn't happened. Mm -hmm. So yeah, everything, there's always a solution for anything that could happen. So those are two things that I really cling on to still. Okay. <laughs> still do the thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, 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 you know, there's ups and downs. That's, yeah. that's entrepreneur life. It is a yeah. roller coaster. Mm -hmm. And if you're not <laughs> willing to sign up for that, then just, yeah, you can make change in corporate companies too. Okay. Okay. Tell us a bit more. What do you mean by that? Can you make change yeah. in corporate companies? So if you're in a corporate company, okay, I'm going to talk about sustainability because mm -hmm. that's what I know. Mm -hmm. But um, if you're in a corporate company, nowadays companies want to empower employees. Mm -hmm. They they want to retain their employees. Mm -hmm. So if you can find the right support mm -hmm. internally, you have the resources, mm -hmm. you have your salary, and you can make huge change within a company mm -hmm. because a lot of companies now want to do more in sustainability mm -hmm. or diversity or okay. you know empowerment for different groups within yeah. companies. Yeah. So if one of those things is your passion mm -hmm. and you want to, or you want to support local entrepreneurs, right? Mm -hmm. But you can bring that into your corporate setting. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot, it's called entrepreneurship. Intra, so there's actually yes, a term right. for this now, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but it's having an entrepreneur, entrepreneur mindset within a corporate structure okay and I think if you aren't willing to quit your job and you don't want to but you want to embody or, or kind of have that more purpose driven then you can find something you're passionate about and figure out a way to make it align with your company goals mm -hmm. and then do a project you want to do with all the resources that mm. a corporate company gives you yeah that's true but I mean that's I mean that's that's really wise words but sometimes people do get stuck in the sense that so mm. where do I start as in who do I approach and so, so these are the things that they got to do their research on if again if there will be roadblocks because companies they do have like red tape and stuff like that right sure. but we just gotta your advice would be just to press on and just do yeah, it entrepreneurs get roadblocks too I face red tape all the time mm. it's the same shit <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> so whether you're facing the, the blocks mm. from your corporate company you got to get more creative to like mm -hmm make it aligned with them mm -hmm. but it's the same as sales mm -hmm. really like it's the same as anything you really want there's yep. always a way to get it mm -hmm. working so mm -hmm. that everyone's happy in that situation so yeah it's hard mm -hmm. but again so is being an entrepreneur so is pushing for change in in certain situations but that struggle is part of the happiness that you're going to get afterwards yep <laughs> yep that's true that's really true i mean um through this conversation right i'm just very curious about your creative process in that mm. sense that how, how do you get through I mean because you really kind of have to think about content all the time right you've got yeah. to think about ideas and stuff what was your creative process if you so I guess I give myself the luxury and I guess I'm lucky that I have it to not really have to work in deadlines mm. it, it, 
of course I have deadlines and I have things that need to happen in certain mm -hmm. times, but I learned that if I try to sit at my laptop, okay, I gotta be creative right now. I'm gonna come up with this cool video mm -hmm. script or like, I wanna write this article in this guide. It never happens that way. So I give myself the space okay. to like allow the ideas to come in mm -hmm. and then they always come in at the perfect time. Mm -hmm. So I just always remind myself that I get stuff done at the perfect time. Mm -hmm. um, it's one of my little mantras that okay. I have going. So because when you try to force something out, it doesn't happen. So yeah, my creative process is I have stuff running on the, on the side and I, I kind of come up with ideas as I go mm -hmm. and then I add to it and then I get a point where I get a download or I'm like, okay, I'm ready to write this now and okay. then I, I get that creative process okay. going. So my process is a bit messier. Mm -hmm. It's more, you know, when I have the time to kind of put stuff aside and mm -hmm. then I wait for the creative inspiration and it typically comes when I have a bit more white space. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, of course I have deadlines and I have to come up with stuff, but I know that if I, if I don't force it, it'll it'll come, and then I'll find the time that I can just do it there and okay. then, and then I just drop everything and I focus okay. on that. So it's a bit messy, but mm -hmm. it's kind of, you know, I also work very closely with my co-founder Paula. Mm -hmm. So typically we have a brief or we have an idea that we want to do, um, and then she'll come up with like her creative thing, and I'll kind of have a bit of a brainstorm, and then okay. she'll come up with something really good mm -hmm. and then I'll run with that creative thing and I'll be able to structure it and then I'll you know it, so we kind of ping pong a little bit together yeah. which I think is really beautiful mm -hmm. um, and so we keep building on each other's idea and then we get to something really amazing okay yeah yeah that's cool I mean because again I, I think everyone works at a different different way right? some people are a bit messy but some people are, are a bit organized and stuff but mm -hmm. it's actually quite yeah it's true so mine is like it's kind of like one of those desks where it's like organized chaos because mm -hmm. okay. I'm a very anal organized person but okay. my creative process is a bit more chaotic okay. so I would say yeah <laughs> organized chaos okay. <laughs> organized chaos is the new okay I'll figure it out <laughs> okay um, what is next for you mm. is great yeah. question yeah. Um, so at the moment we're fundraising which okay. is very exciting but yeah I mean really we want to be the number one um, place in Asia mm -hmm. for people to come to learn about conscious living and sustainability mm -hmm. so okay. we're in the process of building that regional community which okay. we're really excited about okay. um, and we hope to be able to have our festival our conscious festival in multiple cities around Asia okay. um, and really yeah, to be able to connect the community we're quite disjointed but mm -hmm. you know as flights are cheaper and connectivity yeah. and, and you know these kind of conversations are being had more frequently mm -hmm. across border mm -hmm. um, that presents a really exciting and unique opportunity for us to be able to build that faster yeah. and then really connect people like we love introducing and connecting yeah. brands to people and then brands to brands and people to people mm. so as long as we can keep doing that on a larger regional scale that's what we really want to do okay that, that seems that's going to be a that's going to be a, a big challenge for you, but I think it'll be quite interesting for you and your team, right? Yeah, yeah we're I mean, excited. And uh, yeah. it's good. I mean, we already went to Hong Kong this year, so that mm -hmm. was the first next market, and now we're looking at where we're going next. Okay, that's cool. Okay, I want to, because you mentioned fundraising, right? Because when people, uh, when people want to go into a business, right, they always worry about money, right? I mean, that's, we have to kind of like make ends meet and stuff like that. Mm. Fundraising, how important is fundraising? Or do you, okay, the question should be, okay, when you start something, should you already have the cash? or go go as you yeah so i think that mm -hmm. i mean it depends on the industry yeah. right i mean if you're a tech company mm -hmm. and you have to build the technology you mm -hmm. can't you have to have the money to do yeah. that so you have to fundraise potentially mm -hmm. but i think for us and for me i 
had some money saved up, obviously, mm-hmm. um, so that I could initially start and I could give myself one to two months to okay. really like ex- you know figure out how to bring in some money. Mm-hmm. You can't just happen overnight. Yeah. Um, but I think it really depends on the person. So mm-hmm. I was fine to do the side hustle because I wanted to build and obviously my ideas have massively shifted in the last three and a half years. But now we're at a point where we have stable income coming in. Mm -hmm. We are self-sustained, but because of our growth plans Mm -hmm. and our want to really connect a regional community, we need to bring in extra capital so that we can fast track that growth. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense for us to do Mm -hmm. at this stage in our growth. Mm -hmm. But I think in the beginning, you need to validate your ideas. You need to make sure this is even the life you want. Okay. So <laughs> this is an important question, right? It is. Yeah. It's a big one. Yeah. Um, and so for me, I think the side hustle is a very great way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, to then get to a tipping point where you're like, great, now we're making enough money. I can do this full time, mm-hmm. like we did. I mean, that was my story and the way that we did it. And mm-hmm. I think it was a good way to to do it. So slower growth, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think more sustained growth. Okay. I mean, uh, there's a few questions that people do ask. And, uh, is it, I mean, is it worth it if we do things for free? Let's say if we make a video just for us to kind of like advertise ourselves in that sense, mm. right? Because sometimes we have to do things for free in order to, to, to put ourselves out there and assess our capability and our, yeah. do, you, do, you, do you think that's good? We still do stuff for free. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, it depends on the partnership and it mm-hmm. depends on the value and you know, there's stuff that you want to do just because you want to support someone, mm, right? And yep. because you want to share their story. So yep. there's stuff that we do like that. And then there's other stuff because we see a strategic benefit. Mm-hmm. We see that they're going to be long-term partners, but yep. they can't afford to pay us right now. Mm-hmm. So well, sure. Okay. Cover our cost, right? So mm-hmm. I think that's another easy way to do it is okay. like, this is the cost of us to produce X, Y, Z for mm-hmm. you. So cover that. Mm-hmm. We won't give you the team cost. We will give our time for mm-hmm. free, okay. but you need to cover the cost that we're going to incur. Okay. So that's another way that we do it quite often. Okay. Um, but then it's also about learning your value like I massively undervalued us for a long time really yeah of course I mean it's about confidence and and all that kind of stuff that goes along with it but now I think we're getting more confident and really knowing what our value is Mm -hmm. and then then you kind of decide based on certain criteria you set out so you know for us there's some that we do you know, for free because mm-hmm. we want to support others that we do as a partnership mm-hmm. and others that we say, no, this is our value if you want to work with us for certain things, right? Um, but I think further to that, it's about listening to your gut. Mm-hmm. If you feel like someone's taking the piss and sorry, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if you feel like someone's taking the piss or okay. you feel like you're being taken advantage of or you really don't feel right about it, then mm-hmm. don't do it. Yeah. And yes, you may need the money, but mm-hmm. and I've certainly done projects like that and then mm-hmm. regretted it afterwards. So okay. if it doesn't feel good, don't do it and just trust that the right projects will come to you um, when you put the right energy out there. So I'm a big believer in that. Yes, that's nice. I mean, that's really true. I mean, through experience, you can actually capture that, that you know that, okay, this is what this is like you mentioned, right? This is my value and it doesn't matter. And the good and it like mentioned the good energy, good, good things will come. Yeah, you just got to. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's nice. Okay, we're gonna go through some fun question. <laughs> some people think that this is stressful, but <laughs> are you doing okay? Do you? Yeah, I'm great. Go for it. Shoot. <laughs> okay. Um, I think I've asked. Uh, I've asked this uh, earlier on. I asked you why is your what is your why, right? What is your drive that you wake up in the morning, right? I mean, do you wanna give it a go? What's your why? Sure. Um, my why is twofold. <clears throat> mm-hmm. One. I really think that everyone can do sustainability and that we can all make an impact. Mm-hmm. Um, so the our whole green steps and, and really, you know, making sustainability sexy is, is a big driver. I, I think that it is, I think it's so cool and I love the fact that we get to do cool events and meet cool people, <laughs> so I love that part of my job. Okay. Um, but on a personal level, 
I do it because I'm also learning and this is my own journey and yeah. growth and by doing this I'm becoming more awake I'm becoming more yeah. conscious I'm learning how to be a better person and how to deal with different things and and that keeps me going yeah. so yeah there's a selfish part of it for sure mm. <laughs> but it's a bigger picture I mean you, you see the bigger picture yeah. you see the bigger dream yeah. of what you want the, the company and you yourself to grow into exactly oh, that's beautiful <laughs> <laughs> okay um, what's something most people don't know about you that you're really proud of Oh wow, um, that's a really tough question. <laughs> what do most people not know about me that I'm really proud of? Mm -hmm. um, I was an au pair in Italy. Uh, okay. okay, so let me start again. Okay. I left home at 17 mm -hmm. um, and I went to live in Italy for a year without speaking a word of Italian. Okay. And I lived within a family that didn't speak English and it was one of the hardest things I've ever done, but I absolutely loved it. And I was very proud because I grew up a lot that year okay. um, and really challenged myself. So I, and then I moved to Milan and I stayed with a family that did speak English and okay. learn Italian. Um, but that was a big thing to do at 17, move the other side of the world yeah. away from okay, my wait. family. I'm curious now. <laughs> so, so what happened? Why did you decide to move away from your family at 17? I finished high school okay. and uh, it's such a silly reason but it's so true. Um, I used to party a lot here okay. and in Australia you can't drink until you're 18 so that was actually a big deciding factor for 17 year old stuff. Um, she didn't want to not drink and okay. party okay. <laughs> um, but also my mom was a no pair actually okay. so when she was 16 she mm -hmm. moved to France, Paris and she was a living nanny and she always talked about it fondly okay. um, and I, I just had this thing about Italy you know you okay. just get these weird obsessions you don't know why I was like I have to go to Italy <laughs> okay. I just know I have to go and so my mom was like yeah if you want to go I'll pay for your ticket and you get yourself a job when you're over there so wow. I was like okay I'll be okay. a living nanny and we just did that and she just paid for my flight tickets and you know when I ran out of money here and there I was lucky that she <laughs> supported me a bit but yeah I just did it because I felt like why not and I had a year to kill because I graduated at 17 mm. not 18 like okay. most people so okay wow I didn't know that mm. so that's quite cool that's quite cool okay so okay so uh, sorry I'm just now I'm curious a bit more so okay so you you're there for uh, how long were you there for so then nine months back. in total I was okay. in Rome for six months okay. and then I came back here to Singapore had my 18th birthday with my family okay and then I went to Milan for okay. three, three and a half months okay uh, yeah wow okay adventures at a very young young age yeah wow. um, well we moved around a lot when I was a kid as I said so okay. the longest I've ever now been in one place is this time around in Singapore which okay. is crazy to me so I've been here now this time around for seven years before that was four and mm -hmm. that only happened twice and before that was every two years okay and even shorter sometimes so okay. I was kind of used to that you know okay transient lifestyle okay so I mean okay have you ever thought of moving away? Because, I mean, I don't know, because you, you, you're so used to... Yeah, I, I mean, massively go through phases like that. Like about three years ago, okay. before I was going to quit um, my company. No, then it must have been longer. When I was at my three-year mark, yeah, so okay. four or five years ago, okay. I was like, okay, I've like been here for almost four years. I'm getting itchy. <laughs> I've got to get out. Okay. Usual rules, that's what happened. But then... I met my now fiance, then okay. boyfriend. And oh, okay. <laughs> he had just moved here, and it wasn't fair for me to then uproot us again. Mm. So no, I decided to stay um, okay. because of him. And then I quit my company, I quit my job, and started a company. So then, of course, I stayed. Okay. Um, but yeah, there it does happen sometimes. But now, for the first time in my life, I feel very settled in okay. Singapore, and I think I'll be here for quite a while longer. But then eventually, yeah, I'll be moving. <laughs> this is not for life. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, there's always ways to, 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 to do it. Anyways. Exactly. Okay. 
The next question is, what is your most humbling experience? Again, another tough question, but a good one. <laughs> um, most humbling experience. I mean, the, the thing that's coming up for me is when we do our festivals, like I always get really stressed and overwhelmed mm -hmm. and I normally burn out just because, okay. you know, A-type personality and <laughs> not figuring my shit out. But there's always a point during the festivals where at least one person comes up to me and they say, wow, like I had no idea that, that this was going on. Mm -hmm. And like I'm able to awaken that one person mm -hmm. or that they say that that speaker spoke right to them mm -hmm. or that they are going to make a change in their life and they had an epiphany or yeah. they felt deeply connected for the mm -hmm. first time in months. Mm -hmm. Those little moments make everything that I do worthwhile mm -hmm. and it makes all the sleepless nights and the stress and the overwhelm and everything else that goes along with being an entrepreneur worth it yeah. um, and so they are very humbling because it reminds me why I do what okay. I do yeah. and it keeps me going um, but that's the thing that's coming up for me right now I'm sure I have other humbling experiences <laughs> but that's the one <laughs> that surfaced okay. I mean it's I mean people always think that like I mentioned earlier that one person doesn't make a difference but if you can share your message to one person it makes a big difference exactly it yeah. keeps me going yeah, yeah and that's all I need yeah one person at the event to yeah. be like oh my god yeah I'm like, okay I'll keep doing it for you one people <laughs> 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 yeah, it's really, I mean, really, really, it's, it's very beautiful. Okay. Um, three truths and lessons. If it was the last day on earth that you would leave your wisdom behind, what are the three, three wise words that you would leave behind? Wow. Your last day on earth. Killer question. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay, my last day on earth, what three, yeah. three truths and would I leave? Yeah, yeah okay. what, what would you leave behind? You have to give me a moment to think. Sure, sure, this. go for it. I think the first one is whenever you're stuck, just take an action, okay. no matter how small, just mm -hmm. keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. um, every little bit counts and you can absolutely make a difference. Yeah. Um, and to not take everything so seriously and not take everything so personally. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that's what I would share. Okay. The last one is two, right? Was, was that it two? two? Yeah, it was three. Three. I feel like that was three. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The final one is um, there is no planet B and all of us are playing a part. So do something today. Take a little green step. <laughs> okay. 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 That's a good message. Okay. Um, five seconds of fun. Okay. I don't know whether they're okay. What is the most craziest thing that you've done in your whole entire life? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's appropriate for me to share. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess moving to Italy at 17, but then there's been many a, a skinny dip and, and crazy run. Okay, okay, kind of, okay. You know, so yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> but yeah, that are always fun and, and, and bring the youth back in. Okay, so yeah, you're really an adventurous kind. Just go, just go for it, right? Yeah, sense. just go yeah. for it. Yeah, we only have one life, so just exactly. go for it, right? So yes, I forget to have, I need to have more of those moments. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, sorry. Right, because right now, right, because you're so occupied in your business, right? Do you do you take a step back? Because you mentioned that you mm -hmm. need more, like you know, you've had that, those moments, right? But because now you have your business and being an entrepreneur is it's not easy. We have ups and downs and stuff. Yeah. But do you take yourself out from the picture for a while once in a while when you think that things are getting too crazy and stuff? I try really hard. Mm -hmm. um, so this year has been a massive year of personal growth. Um, I got a coach, which okay. is an amazing thing. 
um, Katie, she's really helped me move through a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and so that has actually been quite fundamental to my growth this year. So okay. I think that was a really important step to focus on me okay. again and out, not focus on the business because okay. I got very lost in the business mm. for a while. Um, so yeah, I really did do that. And now for the most part on the weekends, I don't work anymore. Okay. And that was a big rule that I set myself mm -hmm. this year um, so that I had time to step out, to mm -hmm. recover, to have white space, mm -hmm. to go on nature walks. Being with nature is a really big thing. Yep. So okay. we very often go and be with nature. Mm -hmm. um, I do a lot of Kundalini yoga okay. in the morning. So three to four, four to five times a week, I do yoga at home. Mm -hmm. okay. um, but that is how I also get out of my head mm -hmm. and into my body. Mm -hmm. um, so I do these little things to give myself that, that creative space and okay. that, that, that breathing room mm -hmm. but when it's crazy festival time mm -hmm. I always still get a bit lost and I have to remind myself massively okay. and luckily my fiance helps with that too okay. even today he made me go and actually eat lunch out of the desk okay um, <laughs> which I protested about but was good <laughs> in the end so yes I'm lucky I have a good support okay, system yes, yes with that actually, as well. how important is support system because you mentioned that your fiance has you know sometimes you got to just take a step back to just even though you got to get your work done mm. but it's always very important to take a yeah so how important is support system it's really good because of a few things. One, they remind you you're not alone. Mm -hmm. um, two, they're there to celebrate the wins mm -hmm. and to you know hold, give you a hug when when the losses or, or the pain. Um, but also, I think they just keep you real and they bring you back into real life. Mm -hmm. And it's like, dude, this is not so important. <laughs> or like, you can take a freaking break. Like, yeah. back back away mm -hmm. from the computer or whatever yeah. it needs to be. But they help to bring you back into mm -hmm. grounding and life. And, uh, you know, and as we talked already about that deeper human connection um, and it just helps you to keep going. So whether it's a friend or a colleague or a boyfriend or a lover or mm -hmm. family, I think mm -hmm. everyone needs to have people in their camp to support when things go wrong, but also when things go right yeah. to celebrate. Yeah. So you mentioned support system and also self-care, right? These are the yes. two things that, I mean, at the end of the day, you've, you've got to take care of that yeah. because without you nothing yeah I mean and it's just not worth it yeah you know like I basically at the beginning of this year I got sick but massively like bedridden sick okay three times in four months wow okay and I was like this is not okay yeah. like this is not okay to get to this point of illness yeah. and I want to be more conscious mm. and I want to you know I'm on that journey myself as yeah. I publicly very publicly yeah. <laughs> share yeah. I'm not perfect mm -hmm. um, but that was a huge wake-up call where I said okay I now need to focus on me too mm -hmm. and by investing more in myself and looking after me I can give more to the business yep. and I can give more to everything that we're trying to do. Yep. So yes, self-care is massively important and it is massively overlooked. Yep. Yep. That's true. Okay. Um, what is your definition of legacy? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Again. <laughs> <laughs> um, <coughs> for me, I guess it's more simpler. I think mm -hmm. if my I think it's more about my future kids okay. and the family. So for me, if my kids are brought up and they care about the planet and they you know, care more about the impact that mm -hmm. they're making, um, I think that would be, for me, I would feel okay. that's a good legacy to leave. Um, okay. And my grandkids and stuff, if within our family, yeah. we can basically A, provide a better life mm -hmm. and make sure that the planet's not completely screwed up by the time our grandchildren come around, then yeah. I think I'll be happy with that. Okay. <laughs> okay. And happy with them, you know, understanding the impact and the role that they have in the world. Okay, that's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Generations of yeah. Yeah. 
Generations of sustainability. <laughs> Yay! <Yes. laughs> I mean, it's good. That, I mean, it's good that you have a partner that also sees that that, that vision. So yeah, way. I'm still working on him. Oh, okay. 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 We're uh, gonna close out a bit. Okay. How can we support you? As in your website? What, how can we support you? Okay, cool. So you can go to greenisthenewblack.com. Mm-hmm. Um, sign up for our newsletter. Okay. Every week we send out guides. We also summarize the top headlines in sustainability. Mm-hmm. So you can see the brands that are doing good. Okay. Um, and yeah, come to our conscious festivals in Singapore and Hong Kong. Okay. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, uh, we are GITNB Asia. Okay. Or you can follow me at Steph L. Dixon. Steph L. Dixon. Yeah. Okay. Can. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this today. We really appreciate Thank it. Thank you for having me. It was very fun. Really? <laughs> yeah. Was it like stressful in the last No, <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you.